0: Welcome to Get Over It, the Intuitive Transformation Podcast for Exceptional 21st Century Living. Okay, folks, a couple questions. First of all, do you like music? And I think most of you do. And second of all, do you have a deep appreciation for musical talent regardless of what the particular genre is? Well, we've got a great show for you today. We're going to have Jim McCarthy with us, and he is from the Yardbirds and other bands, and so we'll get into that in a moment. So sit back, relax, we're gonna play um, a couple of songs and talk to him about his wonderful career in the music business. So just relax. Now the information shared and Get Over It uses intuitive and pragmatic insight to help you break through the box and release energy that is no longer needed. Yes, we're gonna help you release your BS that is holding you back. But the real question is, are you truly ready to? And by the way, folks, BS is Belief System. Now, a bit about me for my new listeners, Intuitive Since Birth. I'm a third-generation intuitive with over three decades of experience helping people break through the blocks along their path. I'm a strategist for personal and professional transformation, Revealing information which enables you to become a master builder of your life. I spent 25 successful years in corporate America as an executive sales professional and I'm the founder of Healing Visions Ministries and Northern California Children's Education Network at 501c3 nonprofit. I authored Getting Your M&Ms, The Men and Money Book, and Masterful Choices, Key to Easy, Effective Change. I provide consultations and healings regarding relationships, business, career, money, and love. They heal the mind-body-spirit connection, allowing you to live your life to the absolute fullest. Now, my clients tell me that I keep it real while providing them with accurate information to assist them along their journey as a spirit living a human existence, but they also say, if you really don't want to know, don't ask Monique. My background includes a doctorate in metaphysics, a master teacher, or ordained minister, and clinical hypnotherapist. So whether you are stressed, depressed, or even possessed. I can help. Find out more about me and the services I offer, go to my website, MoniqueChapman.com, and I invite you to like me on uh, Facebook and follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn. You can also sign up for my newsletter, um, from my website, and again, that's MoniqueChapman.com. Now, folks, I am truly honored to have Jim Carty with us Uh, Tonight, He is a renowned drummer from the Yardbirds who is respected worldwide for his innovative drumming style, which he introduced to music in the 1960s with such hits as For Your Love, Heart Full of Soul, Evil Heated You, Shapes of Things, Over, Under, Sideways, Down, all of which were top ten hits in the U.K., now, when Yardbirds bro- broke up in the late 60s, uh, Jim formed a number of successful bands over the next 25 years, including Renaissance, Shoot, Box of Thrugs, Stairway, and Illusion before uh, reforming the Yardbirds back in uh, the early 60s, I mean 90s, I believe it was 1992. Now, we're going to talk about his past, but we're also going to talk about his current solo album walking in the wild and this is jim's third solo album and it features the songs and vocals in a most wonderful psychedelic rock style you know i'm an R&B girl a blues girl but you know this album caught me okay and i added it to my my, my listener list <laughs> okay so you're really going to enjoy um his music. Now, in 1992, Jim was uh, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and you can find out more about him by going to his website, and that's jamesmccarty.com, J-A-M-E-S-M-C-C-A-R-T-Y com. Welcome, Jim. <laughs> thank you, Monique. Very nice,
1: very nice presentation.
0: Oh, well, thank you. I am so honored to have you on the show. You have been around the, the Rock and roll seen for quite a long time and still growing growing and going strong how what is your secret to this longevity i don't
1: know i guess uh, i really love the music uh, i love all sorts of different music and uh, i love creating music I, li- I like playing and i like creating I, I suppose the music has an energy for itself which uh-huh. uh, propels me keeps me going it, it's fabulous
0: Oh, music does have that, that, that inner rhythm, if you will, that inner energy of just moving you forward if you allow it to. I am so glad that you've allowed it to. But let's back up a little bit. Let's talk about the very beginning of you getting into the business, if you will. Now, I understand that your dad helped buy your first set of drugs, and it was quite an ordeal, correctly. I guess you borrowed the money.
1: Yes, uh, it was. The, it was a lot of money in those days. It was eleven pounds, which uh, I don't know what uh, how much that would be now. <laughs> probably mm-hmm. about five hundred or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably a thousand. Probably a thousand dollars, something like that. But um, it was eleven pounds, which sounds funny now. But I, I just bought a very <clears throat> a, be, a very simple drum set, just a snare drum and a bass drum and a and a hi hat. You know, a, a pair of cymbals. And mm-hmm. I started with that and then I gradually, I gradually built up because I used to be in a school band mm-hmm. and we were playing all the old, uh, American rock and roll things like Buddy Holly and the ugly brothers and, uh, Johnny Cash, you know, Gene Vincent. And we played, used to play all that stuff when we were at school.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then we developed later, um. In the early sixties, we we had um, the R and B, as we called it, which was the blues music coming in from 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 your country, and we we loved it, and it was so exciting. Um, it had that extra uh, that sort of bit of extra emotion with it, um, you know, extra to the to the to the old rock and roll that we played at school. Um, Probably because it was like black music, and then we, we 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 just loved it. So we wanted to be in a band, and we we got a we got a little band together, and and we went from there. And we played all songs by Bo Diddley and Jimmy Reed and Chuck Berry and Howlin' Wolf, and all that sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. we, we loved it. And then we then we went from there.
0: Well, um, you truly, truly did go from there. Now, folks, in addition to talking about his uh, new album, which is Walking in the Wildland, it was uh, just released here in uh, 2018, um, we are also talking about his book, and his book is My Life with Yardbirds. Renaissance and Other Stories, and it's available on Amazon, it's available on Lulu, and, well, um, actually, no, that's the wrong title, let me back up, it's called Nobody Told Me My Life with the Yardbirds <laughs> Renaissance and Other <laughs> Stories. I was reading that, I'm like, that's not making sense to me, um, but but this is a fabulous book, go get it if you are at all in the, interested in the history of rock and roll, if you want to know about people like Eric Clapton and um, Jeff Beck and Jimmy Page. Uh, This book, um, Jim, he puts uh, the information out there in a wonderful and powerful way, okay? And this book truly captures the essence of the British invasion and the history of rock and roll. So if you're interested at all, please go get the book. And again, the title is nobody told me my life with the yardbirds renaissance and other stories okay now um we talked about your dad buying you the drums to get going now when you you know were old enough to go out there on the road and all that did you have your parents complete support or were they like some parents little like oh no i want you to stay home
1: (laughs) no you're right no you're right Uh, first of all um yeah, my, my my father died when I was about 16, so there was just me as an only child and my mother. And um, I was working, first of all, when I left school, I was working in the stock exchange in London, in you know, a sort of an office an, an office job, a, a clerk, I suppose, uh, you'd call me, and I was sort of studying maths and statistics and stocks, stocks and shares. And... Um, and then I used to play in the evening. I I got into the the group when we started the Oddbirds, and I used to play a, a, of an evening. And uh, it was very difficult for me because I was working like nine to five in the city, and then um, having to go to to our show where we were playing, and then change my clothes, and then be out all night, and then get back and. Uh, Have to get up early in the morning. So, Uh in the end, I said to my mum, Well, listen, I I can't do this anymore. I'm going to have to leave my job because, um, in those days, those sort of jobs were were security for life. Uh, Everything's different now, but um, I'm talking about, you know, Mm 60, 60 years ago.
0: Uh
1: And so it was very difficult but, but in the end of course she came round and um, I remember I asked my, my boss, I said, well I'm in this band, I, I'm playing and we're getting quite successful And um, but it's it's all going to finish in a couple of years so when it, when it all breaks up can I have my job back? <laughs> <laughs> and of course I never did go back after <laughs> that time.
0: Well, yay. I'm glad you didn't go back because the world would have missed you and so many of the other um, musicians that you worked with who have basically spun off careers from um, the yardbirds. Now, you guys formed back in 1963 and you kind of did like a bluesy sound. Did Charlie Parker have any influence on you guys at the time? Uh, well, Charlie Parker is
1: only there uh, regarding the name, and okay. um, I, I, I don't know whether whether the name actually came from Charlie Parker, but I think um, it was Keith Roth, the singer, who who create who taught uh, up the name,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I think he he got the name from a, a Jack Kerouac book, um, probably something like On the Road Again, one of the one of the beat. Beat generation books, you know, the Californian guys, mm-hmm. um, and I think yard birds were people that just used to live on the road and used to travel around on the old steam trains and live in the rail yards and, and be like, you know, bums, I guess. Uh, uh, a yard <laughs> <laughs>
0: Exactly. <laughs> okay now you were um with the uh first group of the yard birds from 63 to 68 what is your best memory of that time and what's your greatest lesson and why'd you break up uh i think i think my
1: best memory of that time was coming to the u.s because um in those days the u.s was was where all the all the kids wanted to go really um and uh living in the uk living in the suburbs of london it was it was a bit sort of dreary and, uh-huh. and nothing much nothing much going on and we saw all the movies about the westerns and um uh about gangsters and <laughs> about <laughs> you know pe- people hanging out on the beach in california and all that sort of thing and um of course the, the idea of coming to the us was, was fantastic for us and uh but when we first came, it was so exciting. I remember being in a in a big high hotel room in New York um, on on the first night we ever came, and we were on the, about the 30th floor or something, looking down on all these American cars, and thinking, oh, my God, look at this. <laughs> Where are we? This is fantastic. It's like a dream come true. Mm-hmm. Well, but... Um, what what was the next question? I can't remember.
0: Um, why'd you break up? What ended it all? Oh, I see. Um, and there was one before that. Well, what did you um, learn well, from? Your, your greatest lesson,
1: yes. Oh, the lesson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that I think the lesson was um you had, to, you had to sort of keep a, a bit of control. You, we, we really lost control of ourselves and we didn't realize um, what we were doing. We didn't realize how popular we were. Um, and we let things run away with us and we were so busy um, night after night, you know, traveling somewhere else in the world and, and being on the road and not really knowing where we were. Uh, uh-huh. we, we just ran ourselves down into the ground, and um, we were so tired you, you, you couldn't really connect uh-huh. uh, you couldn't connect with anything and um it it took a long time to get over it once we had broken up and that was the reason we did break up um because you couldn't you couldn't really see any any light in the end of it you were just on and on it was just endless
0: mm mm-hmm.
1: Okay, and the breakup. Yeah, the, the, and the, and the breakup was that. That's what it's about. We 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 sort of lost the creativity um, because we were spending so much time playing, and uh, we were so tired. We we didn't have enough time to to put put aside for that sort of thing. And, okay. and looking back, it's always easier, isn't it? Looking back in hindsight, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> as
0: for everybody,
1: no matter what you're doing. <laughs> as can oh, we well that we won't break up? We we'll have we we'll have six months holiday or six months, you know, semi holiday and semi working, writing some new songs or or, or whatever. Um, but it wasn't like that in those days. You know, we were really pushed all the time. It, it was like you weren't in control. So mm-hmm. I, I, think it's, I think it's nice to be in a certain amount of control of your life. Um, and I also messed things up anyway, but, but by taking LSD, which didn't do me any good at all. Um, and that, that screwed me up for a while as well, uh, talking about being in control.
0: <laughs> Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I was going to ask you, because 60s is known as the generation of, you know, drugs, sex, and rock and roll, and I was going to ask you how all of that, you know, fit into the creativity of the band and the band, you know, moving forward. Was it truly, you know, just something that you um, decided that, you know, you were going to try and it ended up not working for you, or was that just a sign of the time?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I was lucky in in that in some there were there was some much bigger casualties for me. Um, it was fine, I suppose, when you you know you smoked a, a few joints here and there. But all our creativity really came before uh, before we got involved in any sort okay. of drugs, and drugs uh, didn't didn't figure at all in in our. You know, our creativity and, and what we did and, our, and the music we made. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I think I just probably <laughs> stepped out of line and, um, I, I, you know, taking LSD in a, in a hotel, hotel room far away from home, just having taken it for a bit of a laugh, you know, it's not, it's not the right thing at all. And um, so I learned my lesson.
0: Yeah, well, you know, um, Jim, the one thing that I really appreciate about your um, album, Walking in the Wildland, is that um, it seems to be an album that reflects back over your complete career. Um, Yeah, yeah. And and it's, folks, you know, he's a drummer, he's known for being a drummer, he's a songwriter, he's a singer, he plays the guitar, and this album is absolutely, I'm going to say gorgeous. You know, um, Jim is truly, <laughs> I mean, you, you know, and, and again, I'm an R&B and blues girl, okay, and for this album just to grab me and I played every song over and over and over again and I added it to my playlist, this is um, truly a, an album of reflection, not only that Jim gave to the world about him, but the music in the album allows one to reflect on their own lives. Now, a little bit later in the show, we're going to be playing one of the tracks, um, Walking in the Wildland. And, you know, Jim, when I listened to it, I almost cried. I mean, you could feel the nature, you could see nature. It was just like absolutely calming and invigorating at the same time. It was like a sense of renewal for me. Oh, great.
1: Yeah, that's lovely. I, I, I have played it to a few different people and they've had Similar experiences. Uh, um, I do like to get that feeling into it—that that strong feeling of um, communing with nature and reflection and uh, self, self, you know, self discovery, mm-hmm. uh, whatever. I try, I try and get those sort of things in, and um, I, I, I'm very happy to do that. And I'm very happy when people get something out of it, like like you're talking about.
0: Well, it, it truly connected, and you know, I was going to talk about this later, but I'll talk about it now since I'm talking about the album because it moved me so much. Um, the song "Dancing Leaves" also—I mean, the piano background—and um, it reminded me of Angels. You know, I. I right, know. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, folks, sample it. You can sample it on um, Amazon. So go take a sample and uh, see what you think. Now, Jim, you are responsible for launching the careers of Eric Clapton, Jimmy Page, and Jeff um, Beck. How did that happen? Um, well, I think we we started off the group.
1: Uh, we actually had another guitar player before, Eric, uh, who was called Top Topham, mm-hmm. and we were all very keen... Um, blues fanatics really <clears throat> um, <clears throat> and Top Topham was a bit younger than the rest of us and uh, he was at art school a lot of the guys were at art school um, uh, Keith, Keith and Chris and Eric as well they were all at the same art school in Kingston in Surrey <clears throat> and um, Top, Top Topham was quite a good artist and um, his his parents didn't approve of him hanging out playing with, with a group all night so they, they put pressure on him to, to leave the group and follow his studies and uh, mm-hmm. it, so he, he left and, and then um, we fell on our feet with uh, with Eric so Eric came in um, to, to replace him and uh, mm-hmm. we, we went from there so you know um, we, we sort of after Eric we set quite a high standard because the sort of music we were playing was was a a real platform for lead guitar. That sort of bluesy music, as you know, you know, BB King and Freddie King and all these great guitar players. That you know, they, there's a lot of room for them to improvise on on a blues tune and uh, a, a lot a lot of space for lead guitar. So. Mm-hmm. You know, we we always needed a, a great lead guitar player, and we always ended up with one for some reason. I think we were quite lucky.
0: Yeah, well, you were lucky, and you had great forethought even if you didn't know it at the time, to carry (laughs) you through to today. Now, in 1965, you recorded um, Heart Full of Soul. And when you recorded that, initially you wanted to have a sitar being played in the background, but it kind of didn't gel together. But somehow Beck came up with a guitar sound for that. Could you tell us about it?
1: Uh, yeah uh, i remember going into the studio and you 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 had a little you know you have a a sound booth where the vocals are done usually and i remember looking down and there was a sitar player sitting on the floor an indian an indian guy and um also a tabla player sitting next to him (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, and um it was a you know they we we talked about it before but um I I didn't know it was going to come to life, really, because the the manager, we had a a crazy manager called Giorgio Gamowski, who, um, he he must have found these guys somewhere and uh, got them in on the session. And so we did a few takes with the guys and it sounded sounded okay, sounded good, but it didn't really, you know, the sound didn't really hit the spot. And uh, at the moment we asked Jeff to, to, you know, reproduce that, that that guitar riff that suddenly came to life, uh, mm-hmm. and that, that, that often happened with Jeff, <laughs> thank goodness.
0: Yay, <laughs> it did. Now, the um, same song, A Heart Full of Soul, is on um, the soundtrack in the crime film thriller entitled um, London Boulevard is the original soundtrack recording and we're going to play a bit of this and you guys can have a listen because it will jog your memory. I have a little doggie in my office. She thought I was nuts. But, you know, hey, yeah. um, mom can do whatever that, mom wants to do. Hmm?
1: Yeah, I think that's the thing when we do a concert, you know, because we play them all in a row and there's all these people forget all the hits we've had. And, you know, there's, there's, here's another one and here's
0: another
1: one. Mm-hmm. And it, <laughs> you
0: know, yeah, and and it, start, it, start remembering them. Yeah, it takes you right back to that time. And, you know, overall, it was a happy time. Now, um, you were also, um, after the art merge bro- broke up, you were a member of Illusion. So, and that was yeah. more of a progressive rock band, and that flew back in 77. Tell us, you know, about Illusion. What were the, the greatest things that Illusion put out and what they did?
1: Well, well, Illusion was a sort of... Uh... Reformation of, of the early Renaissance group because that we that we founded with with Keith and his sister Jane, and there was a much more <clears throat> sort of folky sound uh, and a much more uh, piano orientated sound. We had um, John Hawkin who was playing piano with us, who was um, originally a rock player, but he played. Fabulous classical piano as well. And um, so we, we, we sort of based the sound around that. And the Illusion was a sort of reformation of that. And while we were reforming that, that group, um, Keith Ralph had an accident and he was electrocuted um, in his home. He was, he was playing a guitar through a sort of uh, early synthesizer and it wasn't plugged in right and he got a, you know, a belt from the power and um, mm-hmm. he he died, unfortunately, which was tragic. He was only 33. Um, but we decided to carry on with the group and uh, this is where I started to uh, play guitar and sing um, along okay. with Jane Ralph, his sister. So um, we decided to get in a drummer and another lead guitar player and um, that that was illusion. And so for the first time, I, w- I was singing up front, which was quite different to being being back there hitting in the drums.
0: Mhm. Well, you've got a beautiful voice. So you should have been singing up <laughs> front from the beginning. <laughs> and well, folks... I love
1: it. You know, I loved it. I loved singing, and I and I and I loved that singer songwriter sort of role. And I like the way a uh, singer songwriter can tell you know go around and tell the news or 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 reflect on what's going on in the world Mm
0: -hmm. okay and then also uh, tell us a little bit about renaissance you were with renaissance and um uh, box of frogs
1: yeah renaissance what was uh you know as i said it was it was similar to illusion it was um uh when when we got it together we we would we had a few ideas which were quite folky and then um john hawkin who i mentioned before was a rock and roll pianist he played with a group called the nashville teens originally
0: uh-huh.
1: uh, and uh so he we was playing sort of jerry lee lewis style but uh, in one of the songs he started to play beethoven in the middle of the song and we thought, this, this sounds good, that fits in really well, Let, let's keep it. And that sort of sound, that became our sound, uh, mm-hmm. the Renaissance sound. And then Renaissance or Renaissance um, became a, a, a different group because we, we all sort of gradually dropped out of it eventually. And um, it, it's still going now, actually, with... Um, a singer called Annie Haslam was a, a beautiful singer and uh-huh. um that that they're, 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 they're still doing pretty well.
0: Okay. Well it's always great when you know, you're part of something and for whatever reason, you know, you go a different way and everybody still thrives, you know. Um, And it seems to be the history of the energy around the Yardbirds that everybody who has touched it, if you will, has gone on and did their own thing or joined other groups, but everybody is thriving. I absolutely love it. Now, the one, uh, the last group I want to talk about before we talk more about your album is Stairway. Now, that was kind of a new agey type group and it seems, like the opposite of rock and roll. So tell us about that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know it's quite funny because uh, people sometimes people don't don't believe what I've done, you know, uh, mm-hmm. going from real heavy rock and roll to something like Stairway. But um, uh, it was it was all about fun, I think. And um, I collaborated with Louis Sanamo, who was the bass player with uh, Renaissance. Um, after we we, we left the band we sort of got together again and um uh we were into sort of meditation and various alternative uh things and healing things and uh we we used to listen to some sort of healing music together you know um sort of vangelis and um other keyboard players from from the states really um Mm -hmm. And um, um, we we liked that sort of music, and we were interested in in uh, relaxation, really, and uh, meditation. And so we we had had fun creating it. And I, I used to mess around on the keyboard, and he used to play acoustic guitar. He's he's actually a bass player. Um, but we created a few albums, and we were on a label called New World. New World Music, and uh, we actually did quite well. We we sold quite a lot of um, CDs, doing um, various concepts. So uh, we did a, an album called Moonstone, and uh, one called Medicine Dance that was based around the the, the medicine animals. You know the, um, okay. um, the the book by is it Carson Sims, I think uh, Jamie okay. Carson. Um, probably know what i mean yeah um and and that was that was really enjoyable we had a lot of fun doing that and um people seem to like it on a on a sort of um spiritual level alternative level Mm -hmm. um but it was quite a long way away from from rock and roll uh
0: yeah but you know it's interesting as you went through the various incarnations of Jim over the years, all of this stair-step-like uh, led you to uh, your new album, Walking in the Wildland. Um it's just amazing to listen to your sound over the different years and then to listen to this music now and say, oh, okay. It's like, okay, he grew up and now he knows who he is. And he's reflecting <laughs> back on, you know, the good and not so good because life is good and not so good. But, you you know, you're truly a renaissance man and this really reflects um, – very strongly in your book so now I'm going to play on one of the tracks from your um, album and it's actually titled walking in the wildland
2: walking in the wildland The sights and sounds filling up my senses Half all the time we're not aware what's going on Always get help when you're not looking for it Feeling so much better you really can't ignore it This is the place I've only just stumbled on There's freedom in the healing To step beyond would really lose the feeling Something in the air that touches me so deep inside
0: Jim, every time I listen to that song, I, I it just puts me at ease. Nature is there. I can see myself almost like floating on a cloud, and you know, just being and accepting all of whom I am, like with no judgment. What prompted you to write this particular song? Uh, I think I
1: think it was the um, probably the the, the the experience of. Uh, I, I mean, I live in, in a very nice place, um, a very beautiful part of the world, and you know, in in about twenty minutes, I can get into uh, somewhere you could call the wildland. You know, it's uh, yeah. hills, hills, mountains, or whatever, and forests and and nature and uh, completely sparse of people and. Um, i i found that there was a fantastic energy uh well i still do um well when i when i go there and feel feel the nature it's sort of uh it's a two-way thing i i i love it myself and it seems to love me and it sounds sounds funny but um it, it's a it's a lovely energy and it's a healing energy and um mm-hmm. i have actually read some books about um taking children you know from, from the urban areas out into nature and um, they, they, they do find that these children are healed of their problems and they feel a lot better uh, from, from that experience and so I, I've got, I've got lovely, a lovely feeling with nature and it, it always does help me so much
0: Mm-hmm. Now, on this album, you wrote all of the songs, but you're not playing the drums on all the tracks. Now, you're known for being a drummer, so why the change at this particular time?
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It sort of uh, worked, the, I suppose, the way we worked it. We, we started off with the basic um, three piece, just just George Carol on bass and uh, Top uh tom on on uh, keyboard tom reynolds on keyboards and we we were just a three-piece uh playing off each other we're real it's a real nice chemistry combination of guys Mm -hmm. and then then um the producer terry brown suddenly appeared who's a lovely guy an english guy who lives in canada and he's uh famous for doing a lot of the rush albums and producing those um and uh, we always got on really well and he came and took over production and then we added we added drums and we added things we added the flugel horn and we added uh, you know the violin and Mm -hmm. we added all these little things and it it, it all seemed to come to life Uh, and i think Having the producer was something I really loved on this album. Um, also, to get, you know, the best sound for my voice and really coordinated all them. Uh, uh, the sound is so, so important to, to, mm-hmm. to get that really good sound, um, which I realized.
0: Well, you know, you achieved it, okay? You definitely <laughs> you. achieved it. This album seems like it's like the midpoint um if you will of a healing journey have you been on a healing journey and if so what was that like well i think it all started
1: when i go back to you know the uh the lsd situation um i i, I went through quite a difficult time um i became quite depressed for a while and um it took a long time to come out of that and uh as I came out, I, I was um, looking for various healing things and uh, I came across a thing called the White Eagle Lodge, which was like a, um, a place in London where they, uh, they, they channeled the, the healing power of a, of a, a native Indian. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I used to go there and I, f- I found it helped me as I was coming out of this, of this stage. And then I ended up sort of sitting on, on healing groups and they would project colors. They do color healing on uh, groups of people and it seemed to work, seemed to be a, like a scientific thing. And uh, um, I got a lot out of it. And then, and then I went from there and I, I kept uh, my interest in healing and then i went into um buddhism for a bit and i i used to follow um my wife and i actually we followed a, a tibetan a buddhist lama called the um Gil- Drukpa, who's from uh, from india
2: uh-huh. um,
1: and he used to come to london and and give talks he's a he's a very um very interesting man um very funny but a very interesting and very down-to-earth and uh so we used to go on some of his his pilgrimages we we went to India and China and uh Sikkim we went to and we we had a great times um doing that and fantastic experiences um and such a such a wonderful person the uh Lama. Mm. Well
0: you know um when I listen to this latest album and you're although you're not doing the drumming, it seems like your energy is in tune with the beat of the universe. Does that make sense to you at all? uh
1: yeah, I guess so I guess so the the rhythm uh, the rhythm is still there even though I'm not playing the drums, isn't it It's sort of there mm-hmm. that that uh yeah that beat, yeah. I I, I would say I can say that
0: yeah it's like it comes across even in your voice I mean when you listen to um, the two songs charmed and um, in the clear to me that was like a getting past a medical situation like you know things are good now you can move forward you don't have to be in fear of it anymore is that was that your intent behind it or yeah yeah that that did happen to me I did go through a
1: I had a problem with my prostate uh, a few years back, and um, that sort of came into that, (laughs) popped into that song. Um, (laughs) The doctor said, "Uh, okay, you're now in the clear. Yeah, yeah, he did, he did. So, yeah, there was a lot of fear about it. But I think the point in that song was that you sort of knew anyway, even though you were afraid, you knew you, you were okay and uh mm-hmm. I always seem to be able to know that, I, that I'm all right but I can still be afraid which is which is strange but underneath it all I, I know I can, I know I'm a survivor and um mm-hmm. uh, but, but I do get I still get fears coming in and uh, in and out you know and um that, oh, that's you're, human.
0: <laughs> you're human yeah. you're well, human well yeah yeah <laughs> yes Yeah, we still struggle. I think all of us get afraid from time to time, you know, but but we're human and it's a good thing. Now, Walking in the Wildland, again, folks, is available every place, so please go out and get it. If, you know, I don't care what type of music you'd like to listen to, you will appreciate the music in this release, okay? It truly worms its way into your soul, if you will, and um, if you're feeling down, you listen to it and it's going to pick you up. If you're feeling up, listen to it and it's going to raise your vibration even higher. So when you were creating this album, Jim, you know, sometimes people get channeled information or they just think about something and it comes to them. Did you have any assistance from those above, so to speak, to create this particular album? Uh,
1: yeah, I, I can't be specific about it, but I, I know I, I, I do. I do tend to, channel um and my wife is a channeler um so i do tend to channel uh, and uh yeah I, I think i i sort of automatically channel m- music it's, it's going on all the time really mm-hmm. and, and the words and the words so i i think yeah i do i do give um i, I do give thanks for that <laughs> okay.
0: Well, yay, uh, you know, and it's always great when people give things. Now, there was a um, particular track, though, in the um, song, and it was Right on the Road. Was that a tribute to Keith Relf, who passed away at 33, you said?
1: Well, well, well yeah, it was in a way. Um, yes, yes, I would say that. Yeah, you were very um, perceptive there. You noticed that. Um, yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it was, it sort of started anyways, part of it was a tribute, and then mm-hmm. it sort of develops, but, um,
0: yeah. Okay. All right, so, um, big question here, and that question is, you've worked with um, Clapton, you've worked with Jeff Beck, you've worked with Jimmy Page, um, why don't you tell people, I think everybody knows Eric Clapton, but but they might not know who Jeff Beck is or Jimmy Page, and what bands they are a part of at this particular moment in time and as you do that could you share would you consider a reunion with them well yes uh, uh, a
1: reunion is always con- you know, all, mm-hmm. would always be great um, and there's always been a lot of talk about it uh, over the years um, but it, it's never happened for some reason uh, which I don't know but um, uh jimmy page of course was the most famous because he was uh he was in led zeppelin or he mm-hmm. created led zeppelin um after after he left uh, the yardbirds and led zeppelin started off playing the yardbirds more or less the yardbird songs taking uh taking up a couple of tours that we couldn't do when we split up but um J- jimmy page is uh you know, a very uh, business-like guy, a very and uh, down-to-earth guy, a very um, creative guy, a very great, great player. Uh-huh. Uh, quite, quite different to um, to Jeff Beck because Jeff Jeff Beck is someone that really plays off the top of his head. He's a complete improviser. Um, he seems to link up with all sorts of things somewhere somewhere in the universe um and comes up with fantastic things um a a bit like um our song over under sideways down which was uh, we recorded in about 66 and um we 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 just started off um playing a sort of a boogie you know like a, Mm a bill haley bill haley rock around the clock type of spooky song Uh Uh, and we needed an intro on the guitar and and Jeff suddenly plays this wild Dan (laughs) Eliad like a a wild sort of hillbilly type of thing Uh and we we all thought to ourselves oh my god how how does that fit in with this Uh, but the more you heard it the more it settled in and the more it became part of the song um Mm -hmm. and now it's probably our most famous riff riff. you know it's been been in a couple of movies as well so um you you know probably recognize the movie if you hear the song Mm -hmm.
0: okay so you know um Jim our time is almost up here what words of wisdom would you have for aspiring musicians today
1: uh well yeah I I would say for aspiring
0: musicians to um
1: you know don't get don't get put off uh like like you know i nearly did and other people sometimes they they haven't got they haven't got the confidence so um you really got to have a bit of confidence um don't get put off by people that say you're no good don't um don't give up on something if you really love it uh find the right people to to work with um you know, if you're, you're a musician, you need to be in a group. You need to find like-minded uh, people that you can play with and, uh, uh, you know, bounce ideas off and things like that. You need the right people and um, just 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 keep on with it and uh, don't, don't don't be persuaded to, to give it up if it's in your heart.
0: Okay, well that that is well said, um, folks. We have been speaking with rock and roll icon Jim McCarty you can check him out at his website that's jamesmccarthy.com. again jamesmccarthy.com. his latest book and get it if you're at all a fan and rock and roll is going to give you a lot of the history and some of the inside story if you will and his book is nobody told me my life with the Yardbirds, Renaissance, and other stories. You can read it in like two or three days, and it's chock full of information, and you'll love it. And for your listening pleasure, please go out and get the album Walking in the Wildland. It's written by Jim, produced, and it's absolutely beautiful. Um, And you will see the progression from the very first song that they had a hit with, which was Heart Full of Soul, to the mature and wonderful sounds in walking in the wildland so Jim thanks so much for being with me today I am truly honored to have had the opportunity to speak with you
1: oh it's really nice of you to have me on and you said some lovely things and uh, I was thinking you know, how the time has just flown by it's just been like you know, a couple of minutes <laughs>
0: I know, but it's been great talking to you. And I want to thank you, the audience, for being with me today as we explored the legend of Jim McCarty. Um, I'm truly honored, and I appreciate I appreciate everybody's time and attention. So um, I want you to consider buying the album. Okay. And, you know, or just listening to some of it on YouTube and then buying the album, you will be thoroughly immersed and it's quite enjoyable. And I want you guys to remember that the most important choice that you can make is what you choose to make important. Consider making the masterful choice of walking in the wildland. A bunch of blessings, light, and love to all. Namaste.